sermon is actually called Press Into God's Realm. And to start that off, I suppose, how do you press into God's realm? Where do you find God when you want to press into his realm? Well, to begin this, I want to take you back two and a half years. Two and a half years ago, Susan and I were going through a rather um, bit of a tumultuous time in our lives. I was at the time considering retiring um, after you know, 38 years in this church here and 30 years full-time ministry had it been my life. And suddenly I felt God leading me to say, the time is now where you've got to pull back from ministry. Not from ministry, but pull back from full-time sort of paid work. Keep ministering, but do it from a different place. Not only that, but we were looking at the house we lived in. We lived at Karajong in a beautiful house that we had. All the kids, of course, left, got their own families. We had five bedrooms, big house on a bit of property, took a lot of looking after the gardens. And I'm thinking, do we live here? Do we stay here? Do we build a granny flat in the house? Do I put it in the garden? You know, I've got an architect as a son. Maybe he can draw something up. All these things are going through my mind, and we're kind of wrestling with what does the future look like for us? when one day we'd been to church here and we were driving home and as we were driving past the raft base, I suddenly just turned to Susan and I said, darling, we've got to go to Red Bank Estate. I think we have to go talk to the salespeople up there. And Susan kind of, (laughs) I think she used to be by now, (laughs) she just looks at me and thinks, well, she didn't, but it's like, where did that come from? Because I think Susan knows now that she's in tune with the spirit, that she realized that something had just happened. So we went up there, we had a look at, on that Sunday, at the land, and we walked out of that office with a block of land. (laughs) Out of nowhere, there just seemed to be the right place. Hadn't sold our house yet, didn't have it on the market at that point. Anyway, so we went home and we said, right, okay, let's do this thing. We got our house ready, it sold very quickly, and we sold at the very, very peak of the market just before it tipped off, you know, down into that bit of a slump that we had over the last two years. Two and a half years later, about a week and a half ago, we turned earth on the block of land. It has been a long journey. That's right. And it's been a long journey. You know, we thought, okay, we've got the block of land, we've sold the house, it's going to all just kind of go bang, bang, bang. But there's been a lot of waiting around and preparation that's happened as we've actually gone into that one. And so we've had to learn to really just be patient in the wait and listen to God. And so much has happened to us during the wait, which will actually give you a little bit of a sharing in that thing. So where do we find God? You can certainly find him in the car when you're driving home from church. But geographically, you find God in his kingdom realm. Then this is the thing that I particularly want to talk to you about today, because this is so dear to my heart and to Susan's heart. The kingdom realm of God is with us right now. It is all around us. It is here in another place where it's hard to see, it's hard to touch, but the kingdom realm of God is right here with us now. You see, God is 100% spirit. He's not some big old man with a beard that's sitting up in heaven on a throne. He's a spirit God. Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead and then ascended into heaven, went into the heavenly realms, and it says he's still there. So he's not with us, so to speak, anymore in an earthly sense. 
The only way we can communicate with God and with Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. So if we don't press into this kingdom realm of God, if we don't press into the spiritual realm of God, how are we supposed to do this Christianity? Because our God is spirit, our, our, our Savior lives in heaven, and Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. So it has come upon me, and for this year, as we prepare for this year, I want to press into God's realm more than ever before. Because I believe as we do that, God will unlock his power. He will unlock his revelation. He will unlock everything that we need to press into a huge year, not just for you personally, but for others that have come along your path and for us as a church corporately. I was reading in Acts 14, verse 22. And it says there, it's the disciples, of course, going out and meeting all the believers and, and taking the word of God out, you know, into Asia Minor and all around the place. And it says, at each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers and encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. I've been doing this as a Christian since 1975. I've been in leadership since 1982 and been in full-time ministry since 1988. But this year, I want to go deeper. I don't want to sit back and go, well, I've done my bit. You know, that's all right. I've ministered all those years. No, there's more to come. What's next is I've finished a period of time, and now I'm in a new period. This year, I want to go deeper. I want to find out what God's got for me. What about you? Do you want to go deeper into the presence of God? That commentary, I'll keep on reading that scripture first. It says there, and they taught them it is necessary for us to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we will endure our many trials and persecutions. And stuff will happen along the way. It's hard sometimes being a Christian and becoming more so as time goes by. We need Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the Spirit giving us power and direction more than ever before. You know, we don't have to wait till we die, to go home to the kingdom of God, into his presence. We can go into the presence of God right now whilst we live. We can live alongside him and have that so real to us. It's available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the supernatural realm, another dimension if you want to call it that. And it is with us right now. And that means we need to be able to, to communicate with God through that realm. Susan. Wow. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so where do we find God? Well, we can find him in the car. We can certainly find him here in worship. But we can find him when we're going through really difficult times. I know many of you have been, in this last uh, year or so, been going through very difficult times. Some of our family have been going through incredible health challenges. Financial hardships, job situations. There's so many things that uh, assail us and could pull you down. And do you know what? This is where we can find God. If we are desperate to hear from God, desperate for him, not just desperate for his help, hear me, desperate for him, he'll take us through those difficulties. You know what? Sometimes it doesn't feel like a great experience, 
going through a difficult time. We've had our fair share of very difficult times. We don't welcome them. Yippee, I'm going through a really hard time at the moment. No, we don't. But you know what? God says he is with us through those difficult times. And I know of so many people who have said, you know what, it was a good thing I went through that. Because there I saw God like I've never seen him before. I can attest to that. Years ago, I I had a a nodule in my vocal cords and I thought I would never sing again. It was dreadful. But years and years and years later, as I'm still singing, I have such a sense of passion for God because he took me through that very difficult, very dark time. And so if we're desperately seeking God, hear me when I say this, not casually, We need to spend time with him, finding him in these dark times. So now, let's have a look at James 1 and verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested... It stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And so if you're going through a difficult time, it seems very strange to say count it all joy, but that's exactly what this scripture is saying. Know that God has a greater purpose in mind and if you're going through it, hold on to him for everything you've got and let him take you through that very difficult time. So we can find God in those difficult times. We can also find God in the quiet place. I love the quiet. Maybe it was because I grew up in a very noisy household with seven kids. (laughs) Wasn't much quiet in that household. But I love that quiet. I love that time where I can just meditate on the word of God, where I can allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Jesus often would say to his disciples, let's go to a quiet place. He had people surrounding him, chasing him because of the miracles he was doing. And it's so important for us to recognise our need to be quiet, to have quiet. And of course, in this day and age with the devices that we have, it's very hard. We have to be very intentional about seeking that solitude, that quiet place to find God. If you've got a, a phone that beeps <laughs> every time a message comes through, it's, it's really distracting, isn't it? When I was preparing this message a couple of weeks ago, I was writing, and these things were popping up, emails were popping up, and I'm getting, oh, what's that? What's that? And, and I'm thinking, no, stop that, stop that. It's really hard. We have to be very, very intentional to put away the devices for a time They're not evil. They're good. They can be very good, but they can be an incredible distraction. And if we're not careful, we can just go through the motions in our lives and not allow that very quiet time, that time where we are seeking God. We can can lose all of that. Lance and Belinda, you preached a great message a few weeks ago and you, you said some of the things we were going to say. I'm going, they, they said what we're going to say. And I, just in case you weren't here, I want to say one of those things. 
Um, I remember as a kid, when we were at school, we had to learn to draw margins in our books. Who remembers doing that? Yeah, it's really hard when you're a little kid holding a ruler with like fingers like this, you know. And uh, we had no idea why we had to draw the margin except that the teacher said so, so we learned how to draw margins. And it wasn't until I was a teacher that I realised what margins are for. Margins are so the teacher can write something, make a comment about your work, spelling mistake. I've got a red pen, that's what red pens are for, for teachers to write spelling, <laughs> fix this, or whatever. You know, we need to leave margins in our lives, place for God to bring correction, place for God who loves you more than you ever could know. We need to leave space for God to speak with us. So we find God certainly in his kingdom realm and we find him in the, in the valleys of our lives and we find him in the quiet places. But as I said before, you also find him in the wait. Those places where sometimes it just seems to go on and you think, come on, let's move this thing along. But I have found that so often for me that the voice of God speaks through the busyness you nearly copped it then, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Through the times where we're actually just going about our business. And this is why I find it so important that we need to have pressing into God the quiet times and those other times are so important because we tune into the frequency of the voice of God. And he speaks to us through those times. And so that margin where sometimes the prayers are, we're like, blah, 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 but we're talking to God. And it's like God and say, will you just, shh, shh, just yeah. stop for a sec. Let me get a word in. I want to answer your prayer. But you've got to stop and you've got to hear me as well as just speaking it out. Certainly speaking it out in faith is good. But listening in faith is so important. Yeah. And listening in faith doesn't always happen as you're kind of just sitting there thinking, where's the voice of God? Where's the voice of God? But it's as you go about your business and suddenly the voice of God cuts across something. Like when you're driving a car on your way home or whatever it is that you're doing. We find him in the wait. But in order to have that prompting, we need to seek him constantly. We need to be in those quiet places, we need to tune into the spiritual realm. For me, I think one of the greatest blessings, the greatest blessing in my Christian walk has been when I discovered the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Where I chose to go outside the natural realm of Christianity, as it were, where I was doing it quite fine on my own. I had leadership skills and abilities as a person, and I was doing that. But when I stepped out of my gifting and ability and handed it all over to God and said, I want to step into that realm, into the God realm, my life changed forever. And I thank God for it. And because now I spend every day of my life, I pray in tongues a lot as I'm just in the car, as I'm doing something. Susan sent me up to the shops this morning to get some groceries. And as I'm walking through the shops, I saw so many people walking past me with earbuds, you know, um, headsets on. When I'm out riding my bike, I see guys riding bikes with headsets on. It's like we have to have this constant world noise going on. But sometimes we've got to just be able to stop that and let God tune in or we tune into God so we can hear him. This, this way of living as Christians, where we can go on with our daily lives at work, at school, whatever it is that you do, but still hear God through every moment of our lives should be the most common place that we have in all of our lives. It should be the norm for us.
Susan. Yeah. yeah. We want to give you some stories about times when God has led us so you can see how um, we do it. So I want to take you back about 33 years. Uh, we were in our first little home and uh, it was our desire to move out here into the Hawkesbury and we found a lovely block of land in North Richmond in Keita Circuit. But it required us to sell our current home in order for that to happen. And um, because the guy who owned the land really wanted us to buy fast, or he was going to sell it to somebody else, we needed to sell our home really quickly. I don't know why we didn't know about borrowing money at the time. Anyway, we didn't. We knew we had to sell this really fast. And so we had been, uh, before, uh, before finding the land, we had been trying to sell it ourselves, and that really wasn't working. And so when we found this land, I began earnestly praying. And uh, <laughs> I had two little boys at the time, so earnestly praying looked like this. Robbie was, um, he was like a, a sparrow. He would get up when the sun got up. And so for me to hear from God, I had to get up before the sun got up. And I would find a little place, often it was in our bathroom, and I would just close the door very quietly so that nobody else would be disturbed. And I was seeking God for all I was worth because there was a good chance we'd lose this land. Anyway, I really felt like God gave me a phrase one day. He said, find the endeavour. I'm thinking, that doesn't sound very Bible. Find the endeavour. Find the endeavour. Hmm. Sounds like something I made up. But I really felt like I asked God. I really did ask God. So I said to Andrew at breakfast, uh, I feel like God has said this to me. What do you think? Do you think it might be God? And he said, might be. Well, we could test it. Look up. And now, in those days, there was no Google. Young people, I don't know how you would manage. <laughs> we use the yellow pages. Okay, you know what yellow pages are? Ask your parents. So we used the yellow pages. Lo and behold, there was an Endeavour real estate in the next suburb. So I thought, this is God. This is God. So um, we rang them and the guy was very nice and he said, uh, yep, 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 we can absolutely help you sell your home. And um, it'll take about a week. We'll get the paperwork to you in about a week. And then I'm sure, you know, they all say this, I suppose. You know, yes, 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 you know, we'll sell it in no time. And I'm thinking, yes, we need to sell it really fast. Anyway, three days later, he um, rang and said, uh, I, I would like to bring somebody through your home today. Is that okay? I'm thinking, three days? Yes. Anyway, it turns out it's a really long story. So if you want to know the full details, girls, ask me later. Uh, we like details, girls, <laughs> but um, I'm going to be in trouble if I tell you all the details. Suffice it to say, the lady who he was bringing was a Christian. She had met with her life group the night before. She needed to buy a house today. They had prayed and believed that she would find a home the next day because she had four weeks before she had to move and she wanted to get into a house. So she came in, she looked at ours, she saw that we were Christian by some of the Christian stuff we had around and she said, are you Christian? Yes, we are. And the real estate agent was doing this. Anyway, she said, I love your home and I really feel this is God. And so um, could, could, could I move in in four weeks? I said, absolutely. He's going, well, it turns out you can. All right. So she went home, she prayed a bit more, rang the real estate. We sold our house in three days. 
Not only that, but she paid us every penny that we had asked for because we knew how much we needed. And God is so good. There's a whole more lot to that story, but I just can't go into it, right? So, (laughs) Andrew's saying, yeah, hear that? I told you I'd be in trouble if I said too much. So now, years ago, uh, not that many years ago, sorry, Jude, my sister Judy turned 50 and we went to a lovely... (laughs) A couple of years ago, just the other day... Just the other day. Okay, we'll go with just the other day. Just the other day, my sister... My gorgeous sister Judy turned 50 and we, we had a dinner. Uh, she had a dinner and we sat across from some lovely Christian people we'd never met and we were just chatting about life and about things in God, you know. And we were telling them stories like this, stories that one probably came up and we were telling them about healings, things that God had done in our life, amazing, miraculous things that God has done over and over and over. We've seen the miraculous power of God in our lives. And they were like, wow, you should write a book. I'm thinking, doesn't that happen to everybody? (laughs) Apparently not. Apparently it doesn't. And that got us kind of perplexed because he's available to everybody. It's not that we were pastors or anything. I mean, actually, we weren't at that time. He's available to everyone. We can just ask and he can help. You know, talking about the current home that we're building, Andrew's going to own a build and I'm the researcher. Okay, cool. Google comes in really handy. The trouble with Google search is this. (sighs) There are thousands and thousands and thousands of choices of taps and door handles and tiles on their market. It's ridiculous how many choices there are. And about November, I was over it, completely over it. I don't know what I like anymore. I've seen a thousand of them and I like most of them. (laughs) It's awful. Anyway, so I prayed again, God, you have to help me. I don't want to do this anymore and we actually have to make some choices soon. And so we were down in the Southern Highlands uh, for our anniversary, our 40th anniversary in December. And we were down in the Southern Highlands driving back. And I just said, God, would you help us on the way? I don't like wasting the whole drive. Maybe we can do some research on the way home. God, please help us. And so I looked up, you know, lighting shops near me, as you do on Google. And I found one in Campbelltown. And as we drove into the car park, I thought... God, this is you. It was a really big lighting shop and there were stickers on near the door that they said that they had won business of the year three times running and business person of the year four times running. I didn't know there was a business person of the year. Apparently there is. Anyway, we got to speak with that business person of the year. Oh my goodness, she was amazing. Her name was Anne. If you need lights, go see Anne. She's wonderful. She speaks my language. I don't like paying full price for anything, even nice new lights for our house. You don't have to these days, okay? Google search has taught me that. However, I want really good quality and so we're telling her all of this and she's smiling and she's saying, yeah, I can help you. So they've got recommended retail price, our price, and then she said, no, 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 you're not going to need to pay that price because your owner building, you'll be like the trade price, lower than that again. I'm thinking, this is God! 
<laughs> and so a week later, we went back there and we ordered just about every light and every fan. This lady told us all about the fans. I knew a lot about fans because I've been researching for two and a half years, right? We knew we needed this particular type of fan and she said, actually, let me just help you with that. You see, I write, I'm the expert that writes for Choice magazine about fans. Let me help you. Don't buy that. That's too expensive. Buy this one. I'm thinking, I like this lady. See, that was God helping us. So this year, Sue and I have decided we want to press into God's realm more than ever before. We really want to see him move this year. But not just for our sakes, but for other sakes. You know, Susan said before that I'm going to be on a building this year. I am moving into this um, with no small sense of trepidation, but in doing it, it's always been a bucket list thing for me. But it reminded me a little bit, I remember, uh, when we were about to enter into the teenage years with our children. And we had a lot of people say to us, oh, gee, now you're going to experience it, teenage years. It's going to be really difficult, you know. But I thought, you know, I just felt God say to me, do not receive that. You don't have to receive that. That's the world speaking over you right now. And so I said, no, we are not going to receive that. This is good. We're going to have, there's going to be things along the way. We're going to have challenges. Sure. But I'm going to enjoy the teenage years which we did. And in the same way, I've had people saying that to me over building. Oh, gee, it's going to be tough. And I think, no, I am going to do whatever I can to enjoy the journey. But to do that, I need to do it with God, not on my own. And so even whilst I'm building, I'm going to be pressing into the presence of God because who knows what he has in store for me. There might be other tradies out there that need God. Who knows? So we're going to be pressing into him. Jesus himself told the disciples that they had to wait before he ascended. Let me read you in Acts 1 verse 3. After the sufferings of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth of God's kingdom realm. And he shared meals with them, instructing them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. See, the disciples still, they had had their world shaken. You know, Jesus had been crucified, and then suddenly here he is being resurrected again. And their world was being turned around. But during this 40-day period, one of the things Jesus had to do was show them and convince them what this kingdom realm really was. And that was, it's not going to be a political one. It's not going to be an earthly one. I'm actually going to depart from you, and I'm going to go into the kingly, kingly, the uh, godly kingdom realm. But you have access to that. And I want you to understand. I want you to tune into this realm. Because when you go out from here to minister and do the rest of your life, you're going to need to be able to have one foot in that realm and one foot in this realm in order to move forward. And so this time that they spent actually opened up the doorway, as it were, for them to enter into Pentecost and to receive the gift of speaking in tongues and to open up the door for the different gifts of the Spirit. We need to tune in to this kingdom realm. I know when Peter, the apostle, um, was down in Joppa, And uh, it says that he was staying in somebody's house. 
And at the same time, a chap called Cornelius, who was a centurion Roman um, officer, he actually got a visitation from an angel who spoke to him and told him to send for Peter to come over and to speak to them. Let me read to you from Acts 10 verse 9. The next day around noon, as Cornelius' men were approaching Joppa, Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to pray. He was hungry and wanted to eat. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance and entered into another realm. I love that last sentence. Why did they bother to put there that he was hungry and wanted to eat? I mean, it seems irrelevant to be compared to going into a trance and entering into another kingdom realm. But for me, it just goes to show that even Peter had one foot in each camp. He was hungry. He wanted food. But he went up to pray anyway. Even though his body, his soul was saying one thing, he said, no, I think I really feel like I need to pray through this time. And when he did, and it says he went into another realm, he was visited at that time, and his world was turned upside down. You've got to understand how ingrained to a Jew that it was, that they are the people of God, them and them only, and that God was theirs. And suddenly, here we are with Gentiles turning up at his place saying, would you come with us into the Gentile house and share God? I mean, he's like, whoa. But see, he was ready because he had entered into that kingdom realm and God had spoken to him. And his world, his beliefs, everything had suddenly been shifted to prepare him so that you and I sit here right now Because the apostles dared to go against what they thought was true. And that is that God wanted to share himself with all the world. Not just with our cousins, as it were, the Jewish people. We need to experience flesh and the spirit simultaneously in our lives. We need to make sure that we are ready to go into a spiritual truth and a new revelation in our lives. You might be going along quite comfy and you think you've got everything sorted out. But when you enter into this realm, God has a way of challenging your beliefs and moving you forward into a new area to go deeper in your lives into a new relationship with him and a new dimension of God. As it says in Joel 29, the spirit is being poured out for us, all of us, so that we can enter into God's kingdom realm now. So as we were preparing this sermon, uh, we went for a a big long bush walk. We had already had lots of thoughts uh, up at Yellow Rock, for those of you who know that area, uh, which is near where we live at the moment at Winmalee. And... Without really thinking about it, we just started praying in tongues because that's what we do. When we need to hear from God, we're praying in tongues. We're switching off our minds. We're allowing God to speak directly to us. And we did that for quite some time. God spoke to me when we were just uh, moving from this area up to there two and a half years ago about entering into his rest. And I've recognised now that's what he's been talking about, resting in God. We were pulling away, we were literally pulled away from a lot of the activities that we would normally do and we've been resting in God. And there's been nothing like it for us, such a refreshing. Anyway, as I said earlier, we've experienced the supernatural many, many times. I remember when we were uh, young in this church, 
uh, we'd been in um, a denominational church all our lives. Well, I had been, Andrew, since he was a teenager. Um, I would never really heard about the Holy Spirit very much. And when we came into this Pentecostal church, we're hearing about the things of the Spirit. And something just electrified me. I was so excited. There's more of God. There's something of God I've never heard about. And when we came into this church, um, it was the the very early 80s, we saw supernatural manifestations, amazing things happening. We had great men and women of God would come to minister, uh, incredible supernatural healings and words of knowledge were taking place. In fact, Andrew was uh, one of them very early on. We'd just come out of our little traditional church and... And this man, beautiful man of God, um, God had a word of knowledge. Yes, Pastor Gordon Gibbs, beautiful man. Leanne's granddad. And he was saying, there's somebody in here who's had a condition with their ears and God wants to heal you now. And I'm going (laughs) to Andrew because I knew it was him. And he's ignoring it, completely ignoring it, completely ignoring it. And eventually, Pastor Gordon, beautiful man, he said, God won't let this one go. This person with a condition in their ears is sitting right about there (laughs) and pointed directly at him. And so finally, I made him, you know, get up there. And God healed a condition of his ears that he'd had for years and years and years, miraculously, just like that. We've seen this. Over and over and over, God miraculously healing. And do you know what? That was kind of, I, I liken these people like to superheroes of the faith. And that was a good thing. That was a wonderful thing, a, a kind of a season I think we were in at the time. And I'm not, hear me when I say this, I'm not putting that down at all because that really encouraged our faith. But I don't know that that was all that God wanted. You see, I believe that the Bible says in Mark 16, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, Jesus said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptised will be saved. And then in verse 17, a little bit later, and these miraculous Sorry, these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. See, that scripture's talking about everyday believers. It's not just talking about the great men of faith that we've seen over our time. It's talking about you and me, believers. So what happened? Why don't we? Why don't we see that now? I'm pointing the finger here. I had a discussion with mum a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about that. Why don't we see healings and miracles like in those days? And that's another sermon altogether. Someone greater than I needs to preach. But I have a few thoughts that I'd like to share from my experience. This is what I think. I believe that fear and doubt will often stop us from moving in that realm I believe that we fear that God may not speak today. You see, because we came from a different kind of church, 
we weren't taught that God actually spoke today. Many of the people in that church believed that those miracles died out when the apostles died and it was only for them. And so it was difficult for us to learn about that and I think that's one of the reasons why God miraculously healed him. Is that we had proof. We had <laughs> unmistakable proof that God does heal today. So one that God might not speak today, but then I think we can also fear that God may speak, but me, I know me, I'm just me. I'm not sure that I can hear what he has to say. Like I said, when I felt like he said, find the endeavour, it didn't sound like anything from the Bible. It didn't sound very religious. So how can I be confident that I can hear from God? That's a real fear, isn't it, for all of us? And thirdly, we might hear him, but then we can fear to do what God says to do because it, it feels really silly. Band, I'll get you to come on up now if you could. Um, in the Old Testament, there was a part there where Moses um, was on the mountain and God actually spoke to Moses and told him to tell the people to prepare yourselves because God is going to come and visit you and wants to talk to you. The people had the most amazing response to that. They said, no, thank you. They said, no, no, God's too scary. Uh, we know that if we go into the Holy of Holies, that we'll get struck dead. If we dare to touch, you know, the, the um, Ark of the Covenant, we'll be struck dead. No, we don't want to hear from God direct. You go into God's presence. You get the word. And sometimes we, the superheroes of God is a little bit because of that. Because some people don't want to press into the supernatural realm. It's too scary to go into that place. But God says, that's what I want. I want to come to you. And so he engineered this whole thing with Jesus and with the giving of the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit could come and come into each and every one of us so that we can all go into the presence of God right here, right now, any moment of any day and hear our God speak to us that he can share his power with us so that we can have it not just for our own lives or our family's life, but for people that come along the way. We should be showing people what the presence of God is all about. Not just talking about it, but letting them see what God is. Are we willing to go against our own man-made boundaries and our own self-limitations this year? Are we willing to push past our own fears and our own doubts? Are we willing to cling less tenaciously to our flesh, as it were, our souls, uh, this earthly realm, and press this year into the spiritual realm like never before, God's kingdom realm that is here with us right now? Tune yourselves into that spiritual frequency so that you can be instruments of God more and more. Learn to grow in faith. Stretch yourselves beyond what you've been stretched before. Let's go deeper this year. Let's just pray. Let's stand up. Let's stand right now. And let's just seek God. Everybody stand up. Lord, we come before you today. I, Lord, I just get a real sense from what is happening in our church that you are taking us on a journey. 
And Lord, I suppose because I'm close to Rick and to Naomi, I know that you are setting us up, Lord, this church for some reason, as an example to others of what you want to do, Lord, in discipleship, Lord, and pouring out your spirit that we might see Australia really receive a visitation in these last days, Lord. Father, we come before you today right now, and we say we are ready for that. Use us. Take us deeper, Lord. Take us deeper into your presence, Lord. I come against just my own flesh, as it were, this year, Lord. And we ask that I would be able to come on and kind of go beyond my own flesh, Lord, and experience your presence more than ever before. I thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to sing that last song once more. Um, when we finish that, I'm actually going to dismiss the service. Um, but we're actually up here, and we'd actually like to minister to anybody that really wants ministry. Two things, certainly, um, that we want to open up for. If you have never prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you have never experienced praying in tongues, then there's going to be leaders, okay? Prepare yourselves. If anybody comes out, okay, that we need to pray for people. But also I believe in the healing power of God. I have experienced the healing power of God more than once. And he's here too. And if you need prayer for healing, why don't you come out, okay? But we're going to sing this song right now. Thanks.